Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Top Shelf Creator. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that's near and dear to my heart that you've probably heard in a few other episodes where we've mentioned greatness and living alive. And we're also going to talk about some mistakes that I've made along the way and a question that I got asked that made me rethink some of the ways that I was presenting some of the information I was putting out into the world as a creator. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Cabrina Budwell, and you're about to experience the best way to create a thriving creator business online from other creators just like you, who are making a full-time living doing what they love. We are here to help you create a sustainable business that helps you more than survive, but thrive. Get ready, because this is the first creator podcast to give you clarity, strategy, and tactical solutions to position yourself in the market create systems that convert, and harness your influence to scale your community. Welcome to the Top Shelf Creator Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Top Shelf Creator. I'm so excited to be here with you. This is my second full episode on the podcast. So as we get started moving and grooving, just thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of our community. And thank you for supporting our sponsors that are the reason that we're able to do Top Shelf Creator Podcast, as well as the newsletter from the bottom of my heart. It is amazing to be able to bring these kinds of people to you on a weekly basis. But this week, I really want to focus on something that is near to my heart of greatness. Most of us are looking for greatness and have a difficult time finding it. We're looking for the success, and sometimes that success looks like 10,000 followers on Instagram. Sometimes it looks like 500 followers on Instagram. Some people have great success with a million followers on TikTok. Some people have success with much fewer than that. So there isn't really a way to gauge the success of a creator. We could do it monetarily, but we could also do it by the amount of joy that it brings to somebody. In several of these episodes, as I've been recording them over the last couple of weeks, One of the through lines that I've seen come up again and again and again is that as the creator economy becomes something that we're looking more and more into and it's becoming more and more of a household name per se, we're trying to put creators into a box. We're trying to, as Adobe was putting together some of their research, put metrics on what does this look like? Who are these creators? How old are they? What are they doing? And the truth behind it is, is creators are the one kind of job that you can have where you can do anything. You really can do anything. And if you hear nothing else this whole entire episode, it's that you are capable, you are powerful, and you can do anything that you dream of. And we forget that. We lose that. We get older and we're supposed to pay bills and buy a house and have the two and a half children with the picket fence. And we forget that all of those dreams that we had while we were building things, playing in the sandbox, having discussions in elementary school, coloring in the margins are things that are still possible for you. And I know that some of you, especially the planners that are more like me, a personalities are like, Those are things of the past. I can't do that anymore. I can't do X, Y, and Z. But 
what if you could? You don't have to decide that that's something that you can do. All I want to have you noodle on is what if you could? What if it all worked out? What if it wasn't hard? Because it doesn't have to be. You have the ability to do whatever you want and be successful at it. Will there be work? Will it be hard? Will there be some blood, sweat, and tears that go into it? Absolutely. I could say that just from this podcast. But I can also tell you, even when I'm up late editing this podcast, figuring out why the sound's not working, why X, Y, and Z technology things are not doing what I need them to do or not doing what I think that they need to be doing, I still get excited to have these conversations, to get on and talk to people, to meet new people as I bring them onto the show, to get in front of different kinds of audiences that I can help and that these people that I'm bringing on the podcast can help. That lights me up. And even when it gets hard, I'm still here for all of it. Something that I heard on another one of my favorite podcasts was um, actually James Wedmore, and I will link to that podcast in the show notes for you. And one of the things that he said that I say all the time is, I'm here for all of it. I tell this to my friends, especially when they're like, well, I'm sorry that I'm having a bad day. And that's the thing is if you're in this for the long haul, whether it be a friendship, whether it be being a creator, whether it be starting a business, however you want to frame this, having that mindset of I'm here for all of it. I'm here for the high highs. I'm here for the low lows. I'm here for the whole entire place of it. And one of the things that over the last couple of weeks that I've realized just having conversations, things going on in my own life is that all of this is just like a heartbeat. We're told our whole entire lives that we need to stay somewhere in the middle ground. That's where two and a half kids Nice picket fence, owning a house, doing X, Y, and Z. All these things that don't really make sense anymore for, I'm sorry, everybody who's listening that's a little bit older and that was totally feasible. It's not as feasible for us as it once was. Is it still possible if that's what you want? Absolutely. But it's just not the same kind of do X, Y, and Z, check off these boxes that it used to be. Now we have more options too. So I feel very blessed, and you should as well as a creator, that you can come up with an idea and put it on the internet and start making sales and create products and go on different things like Kickstarter and get ideas out into the world. This is something that we didn't have that was not an option. When I was in kindergarten thinking to myself, what am I going to be when I grow up? What do I want to do? Of course, I wanted to be a ballerina. I wanted to be a princess. When I was in middle school and high school, I wanted to be a famous singer and on stages. And then I wanted to be a, speak, a motivational speaker. And all of these things are still possible for me to do. Maybe minus the princess thing, but you never know. And as I've grown older, I started getting rid of those dreams. I don't need to be a ballerina. I don't need to learn how to sing better or learn how to mix music or record things. And then all of a sudden I was introduced to this lovely app that you've probably heard me talk about called TikTok. And I was watching people do things that I wanted to do and do it in their homes. 
especially during the pandemic. And it got me thinking again of this is all still very possible. So as soon as things started opening up, I got myself in ballet classes. I got myself in tap classes. I already have it on my docket to go and take classes on how to remix music and be more like Charlie Puth where I can hear a sound and do things. And so any of these things that you're like, oh yeah, I remember when I wanted to do X. I remember when I wanted to do this. I remember when I wanted to do this. What pieces of that can you still do? You might be able to do the whole piece. You might be able to do bits and pieces of it. You might be able to do something that's just adjacent to it. But instead of saying that door is closed, saying this is still possible. And it's just like a heartbeat. We're taught that that middle ground is where we need to be. But the last time I checked, heartbeats are like this. They go up and they go down and up and down. And I was talking on the phone with one of my dear friends and I stopped and I was like, I don't want to live my life not alive. I want to have the high highs. I want to have the low lows. I want to experience life. I want to be able to tell the stories. I want to be able to be with people. And just a recording that I did today that you'll hear in a couple of weeks with Brent Stromy, we were talking about this is why people go to the movies because they want to experience this. They want to see what this is and how it can come back around. And your story is valuable and it's a story that needs to be heard. And we'll talk more about how to create a story, how to do that well in the future. We'll have a whole series on it that you can look forward to. But really today, what I wanted to bring to your attention is something that I wrote in the newsletter recently about the idea behind The Greatest Showman. And if you haven't seen this movie, it'll be linked in the show notes. Please go watch it. As a creator, this is something that you will get so much out of because there's so many good things that happen from the idea of starting a circus and being the misfits and being the people that really, what is what is the creator economy is? We're a bunch of people who our whole lives were growing up and saying, I don't fit into any of these boxes. And so we created our own space. And this is where community comes in. Joining us in community here at Top Shelf, joining communities around you, getting into a mastermind, talking with friends, meeting at Starbucks, having any kind of community that you can get your hands on of people who are dreamers just like you. It is a lot easier to dream collectively than it is to dream by yourself because you could absolutely dream by yourself, but you're going to get a lot farther if you have other people beside you. But in The Greatest Showman, one of the scenes at the very beginning of the movie, he is sitting on his daughter's bed and he can't figure out why things are not working like they need to. He's done the steps. He has the place. He has a vision. He's trying to get it to where he wants it to go so they can make money off of it. And one of the girls says, I think you have too many dead things in your museum, daddy. To which the other replies, she's right. You need something alive, something sensational. And that's the thing about greatness. Greatness happens when you live fully alive. And if there's things on this proverbial bucket list of yours 
that you are not doing, that you are not putting effort into, at least trying to see if it's something, if it's moving cross country, if it's traveling, any of these things, you're not living fully alive. If you're sitting here telling yourself, one day I will, fill in the blank. What are the things that you're telling yourself? One day that you will do what? We all know one day we're all going to die. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be sitting on my deathbed going, I wish I would have done X. And there's a great song by Andy Grammer that came out not too long ago that is is the idea of I don't want to be 80. And being like, hey, I made all the money, but I didn't actually get to have the relationships that I wanted to. And we see so many studies about how people function, depression, these things that we see in the world that are actual pandemics besides just the pandemic that we just lived through of things like depression and mental health crisis. And one of the ways that makes your brain happy is actually being in relationships. We need each other. Extrovert, introvert, amniovert, whatever you decide that you are, we still need other humans. We need to be able to have community together. That's why the tribe was so important to people because you lived or you died by that. But there's something innate within us of I need you, you need me, we need community. We need to be able to commune together. That's why going out to eat together is so special because we actually get to be in communion with other humans and eat and talk and have conversations and think about the times that have been the best in your life. Were they all by yourself? You might have one or two that are by yourself, but most of the time it's with other people. And as you start to sit there and marinate on what does this look like for you? Where are you going? Where are you finding your greatness in? Are you even trying to find your greatness? I can't tell you how many friends that I have had in the past or that I have currently that don't have any aspirations for what their future looks like. And that doesn't have to mean that you own your own business. It can. For me, that's what it means. For many of my friends, that's what it means. But I also know people that that's not what it means. Doing different kinds of activities, being volunteering, being in some kind of organization that they believe in is what that is, of finding greatness for them. Are you, do you have a vision of what your greatness should look like? I am not one that has ever been on the journal train until recently. One of my best friends has been telling me that I needed to journal for several months now. And so I finally was like, okay, fine. I will put it in the notes on my phone. I will journal it because maybe I can also get content out of it. So I was using it as like double pieces for myself. And one of the ways that he journals is future journaling. Talking about the things that you want to happen as if they're happening right now. And being very a personality, this is how it is, very in your face. I was like, oh, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to enjoy this. And then I had a few experiences where I was like, I really, I want this to happen in my life. 
this is so important to me that I will do whatever it takes to make this happen in my life. And I started doing this journaling recently of saying things as if they were already happening. How do I want things to change in my relationships? How do I want things to change within my business? How do I want things to change with clients, with my kids, with everyday life things and writing these out as if they're happening? Whether they actually manifest themselves or not is not the point right now for me. Even though that's what I'm hoping will happen, the point right now is that I realize that it puts me in a different state of mind. It puts me in a place where I can see the ability of what's possible, what's possible for me, what's possible for my business, and what's possible for the ability of growing as a human, as in the business, as a person in general. Because if you've been in business for very long, you realize very quickly that this is not just about building a business. It's about unbecoming who we were told to be while simultaneously becoming who we know we're supposed to be, who we know we're called to be, who our souls call us to be. And so I have to ask you, are you looking for greatness? Are you creating greatness in your life, in your business, and what you're doing? And will you choose to grab hold of it and see it to fruition. Are you going to see the fruits of your labor? Or are you just going to look at things and hope that someday this will happen? That someday you'll have time. Someday you'll be able to do it. Or are you actually going to be put yourself in a position where you don't have to worry about that? And you're taking the steps to make it happen. So let's talk for a minute about what that looks like. What does making your dreams happen look like? And one of the things that I don't see very many creators do, and if you are, congratulations, I'm really proud of you, is what? where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? And I know that that can be a little bit scary because this is very much an unknown place for us as people of creating your own business, especially in these niches that didn't exist even five, 10 years ago. So now that we're creating in these spaces, so influencers is a great example. That hasn't really been something that's been happening except for famous people, like famous, famous people for a very long time. So now we're trying to figure out as a micro influencer, as a creator, as somebody having brand deals, what does this look like? What does this look like from a creator perspective, but then what does this look like from a business perspective? How am I making money off of this? How am I protecting myself? What legalities are in place? And there's a lot of things that are scary about it. So what's the end goal? Stephen Covey talks about this, the end in mind. Figure out what that end thing is. Where are you going with your life? What does this look like? What is the end goal? And then I just want to have you Write this on a piece of paper and pick three things that will get you there. They can be big bucket things. So maybe one of them is a podcast. Maybe one of them is reaching out to brands and then naming all those brands out. And one of them is, you know, getting all the legal pieces together and putting your business together so that you can pay taxes and do all the things that you need to do 
as a business? Those could be your big three buckets. And then what are the things underneath that that are going to help you get where you want to go? So many times we're not thinking about how we're going to get to these big goals. We have these giant goals that are pie in the sky, great things to run towards, but then we get overwhelmed because there's no tiny goals that are going to get us to that bigger goal. And think about this like money. If you put money into account in an account and you're wanting it to compound. So when we have compounding interest, we have a certain amount and then you get more interest based on that last amount and more interest based on that last amount. So you're constantly growing and growing and growing and you have this stair-step effect that starts to happen. The same thing happens in your business when you make moves that are going towards your goal. But if you're just making moves that you're not sure if it's actually going to help you towards your goal or not, you're just, you're scattered. You're going everywhere. And then there's the other side of that where you're like, I have this big goal, but I'm so overwhelmed. I don't even know what to do. And you get into analysis paralysis. And if you are one of those people, I tend to be the analysis paralysis person because I'm an overthinker. And when you get into those spaces, that's when you start to feel unfulfilled. Because Mel Robbins talks about this. Of when you feel stuck, that means that you haven't moved. There's no movement here. So how are you creating that movement in your life so that you're not feeling stuck? I can't tell you how many people come to me and they say, I'm stuck. I feel stuck. I don't know where I'm going. There's times when I've gone to my coach and been like, I'm just stuck. I have no idea what to do now. I'm here. Things are kind of working, but I don't even know what steps to take next because I lost sight of my North Star. What is the thing that I'm running towards? Where am I going? What do I want this to look like? What do I want my life to look like? What do I want my business to look like? And if you've been following me for a while, I recently put up a post on Facebook about celebrating a win. I don't tend to do that. And I highly suggest that you do and follow my friend, Mike Brennan, who talks about why it's important to celebrate your wins, especially as a creative, as a creator, doing all of these things that, you know, we don't necessarily get celebrated for. And the only reason that I noticed this was because my phone decided to remind me of an event that I volunteer at every year at the train station and the exact same event the year prior. And I got to see side by side pictures of me. And all of a sudden it clicked. I was like, oh my goodness. One, I'd lost some weight, so I looked better. But I didn't just look better in that way. I looked happy. I looked fulfilled. I looked like I was doing what I needed to be doing. And I started to realize there were things that I was doing within my personal life health-wise that were making it better. But there were things that I was doing in my business life that was making it better as well. I had a thriving agency. I was making $20,000 a month and I was miserable. I could not stand getting up and going to work every day because I was overworked. I was exhausted. Things from on paper and from the outside looked great. People were like, how did you get here? How did you do all these things? And this is why we hear so many people go, I burned it down. And I have joined that little 
flag in the sand, I burned it down. I burned most of it down. Partly because of things that were happening within the industry, but also part because I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't start a business to be an employee of my business. I started a business to do things like this, to be motivational, to bring you things that were what you needed to curate the best of the best. And I wasn't doing that. I was hiding behind other people's businesses, growing other people's businesses, watching other people have success based on the strategies that I was doing and not seeing success for myself in the way that I wanted success. What success looked like to me, which is something that you're going to have to define. Yes, I want to make buckets of money. Not just so that I can be like, hey, I'm rich, but so that I can do the things that I want to, put my kids in the things that they want to be in, help the people that I want to help. And that's important. It is. But if it's the main factor that you're here for, you're going to be very unhappy very quickly. Because there's a lot that goes into being a creator and it is 100% worth it if it's what you want. If this is what your North Star is, if this is what you're going for. And on this post, somebody that I had coached years ago asked me, what's the one thing that you did in your business that made the most impact? And I had to step back because I knew that she was looking for like this big idea, this one thing that I tweaked that was this big thing that made the difference. And I sat there with it. I actually sat on it for several hours because I was like, I'm not sure how to answer this. And what I came to, and I will put the full response in the show notes for you if you're interested, is that there wasn't one thing that I did that fixed any of this. There wasn't one thing that I did that made me look happier. It was a plethora of tiny things. It was not waking up at 4 a.m. to go to work. It was taking the time to go on a walk every morning, not for exercise sake, but for clearing my mind's sake. It was taking the time to create more margin in my life so that I wasn't working constantly and being okay with that and not pressuring myself to feel like if I wasn't doing something, I was not successful. I was not worthy of anything because I fell into the trap and you may have as well That if I'm not doing something, especially if I'm not making money in that moment, I am not successful. I'm not doing what I need to be doing. I'm not highly sought after. And I was putting all of my worth and all of my needs were getting met by the business. And so when a client canceled, we had one of our biggest clients cancel at a drop of a hat because they restructured. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not worth anything. I'm terrible at what I do. And I started going down the spiral of this is who I am. And I had to quickly pull myself out of that. And luckily I have a community around me that can help me with that. When I get into those places of my worth and my identity is not based on how much money this is making, how well it's doing, how many people are following me. That's not what my identity is in. Are all those things nice? 
absolutely, we all want to make money. We all want to have lots of followers. We all want to have lots of influence and be changing the lives that we want to change. But that's where all of my worth was coming from. And when that stopped happening, the bottom fell out for me. And I had to go back and go, who am I? Who is Cabrina? And if you're in that space, I want you to ask yourself, who are you? And I cannot tell you enough how much, if you're doing coaching, fantastic, please go to therapy. Therapy is so good for different reasons. And what I found is between the two of them, I was able to get strategy and business and things answered on the coaching side. But then I was able to be like, hey, my jerk coach said X, Y, and Z, and then have it reframed by my counselor of like, actually, they're right. And you're just in a bad space and you need to kind of, let's think about it from this direction versus thinking about it from the direction you've been thinking it and getting yourself into that better space. This is how we see these people. Like I used to see people that were like, I'm happy all the time and I'm doing these things and I always am looking for the silver lining and I'd go vomit. No, thank you. That's not how reality works. And then I started changing the way that I look at things. When there's a negative, I'm like, well, what's the positive to it? Hey, here's another negative. What's the positive to it? And seeing where I could see these things, if nothing else, makes your life a lot more enjoyable to live because I was living in a space where it was easy to find the miserable things, even with tons of great things happening. And I wasn't the person that I wanted to be. And when I woke up to that, I was like, oh, I don't have to be this. I can be whatever I want to be. I can do whatever I want to do. And that's how this was born. So like I said at the very beginning, there's so many things that can lead to your greatness. And you just have to answer the question of what is greatness to you? And are you going to take hold of it and see it to fruition? Because it's up to you. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody can come up and make you great. You're going to have to do that on your own because it's not just what's on the outside. There's lots of rich people who are miserable. I want you to find greatness in your finances, in your business, and what you're doing. But I also want you to find greatness in yourself and who you are as a person and happiness and joy and contentment and peace. Because if you can find those together, it's going to be so beautiful. And if all of us were striving towards that, think about where the world would be. If we were all striving towards greatness in both areas, not just financial. Because I know that you have greatness in you. You just have to see it for yourself. So thank you for listening to another episode of Top Shelf Creator. And I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Top Shelf Creator Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Top Shelf Creator. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And we would love to see you share it with a friend and give us a review wherever you listen to help us reach more creators just like you.